Let's go to my man Peter Burns, ESPN, SEC Network, SEC apologist, and a man, of course, who actually was running wind sprints with the Eagles' first pick in the first round. Jalen Rager? Jalen Rager, baby. Peter Burns. Peter, how are you, man? Good. And and nine inch and seven eighths uh, fingers over here, so I'm good. So it's uh, it's the motion of the ocean is too, uh, TB. And by the way, a big apology. Like literally, I went to bed feeling horrible last night because my wife had already gone to bed. And I'm like, damn, the legend Tony Bruno, stone cold lead pipe lock, beautiful Tony Bruno. I didn't follow on Twitter, and I'm like, how in the hell did that happen, man? I just I was I, I was stunned. I, because I, I saw you, I saw Andrew Siciliano, another guy I work with that you know and got to meet. And he's, yeah. you know, you guys are going back and forth on the Jordan thing, and I'm watching it, and I'm tweeting, <clears> and, and you guys, and then nobody's responding to me. So I'm like, tell, somebody tell Peter, but then I realized he wasn't following me. So I wrote, somebody tell Peter Burns ESPN that he's dead to me. Mm. And then a bunch of people did send that to you, and he said, yeah. what did I do? And I said, well, if I could DM you without having to say it on the, on the Twitch, on the, on the tweet, I said, well, if I, if, you were, if, I, if, if I could DM you, you would probably realize it. And then it finally dawned on him. And then, and then all is right with the world. We are back reconnected like we were, what, 20 years ago. And, of course, that was before even Jalen Hurts was even, I think, born. Exactly. <laughs> and the fact that now he's going to be a, a dang Philadelphia Eagle. So, we see, we've come full circle, our relationship. Exactly. Now, you've done a great job. I mean, the SEC network's huge. You're like the face of the SEC now. You're the, you're the younger version of uh, what's the guy's name? Feinbaum. Yeah, yeah. Paul Feinbaum. You're Paul Feinbaum with hair and not and, and smaller ears. <laughs> the ultimate compliment. Although I don't know if I've pissed off as many people. Uh, although I did say yesterday on the SEC Network, what we need to do now is allow cursing. Because I'm watching the Jordan documentary last night, and I don't know if it's because, Tony, that it was on ESPN, so I'm not used to Jordan dropping F-bombs. But it just, like, it cut through so much. And I'm like, can you imagine, like, just all broadcasting. There needs to be like any nighttime primetime game now should just allow the broadcasters to have a couple of cocktails, have a little tequila, maybe a cigar, like the old days, and just let out F-bombs whenever you want. I I'm totally agree. I think people would then swarm back to sports <laughs> just to hear the profanities like everybody else does. No, you know, it's funny because that's when I responded to you because you were, you were expressing outrage that Jordan's dropping F-bombs on ESPN, but they had the sanitized version on ESPN, too. Right, right. Well, I, I had somebody go – somebody was offended by it, and I'm like, I mean, listen, like, I'm, I'm offended by cursing at any point if I feel like it's egregious, right? Like, you're just cursing to curse. But, like, I felt like every single time in the last dance yesterday, there was like, – when they, somebody dropped an F-bomb or something or curse, I'm like – yeah, pretty much they deserved it. They deserved to do that to Isaiah Thomas, for, for him, right? They deserved him to, to Craig uh, Elo was covering Jordan. Like, that's a curseable moment. Right. Yep. And somebody hit me up going, well, I can't believe there's so many curse words in this thing right now. I'm like, relax, dude. Just go to ESPN2. You can watch the, the, you know, the sanitized version of it. It'll be, uh, it'll be all good. Man, yeah, Ron, sure. Ron Harper had probably the best curse of the night, though, in my view. Oh. That was classic. <laughs> I mean, Lenny Wilkins, a Hall of Fame coach, is telling him, no, Elo's on Michael, and he's like, F this BS. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, right? I mean, like, no offense to Craig Elo, but you're thinking, like, and Jordan even talked about it. That's the dagger, the fact that Jordan's sitting there going, hey, man, the guy I actually had problems with who gave me hell was Harper, mm -hmm. and the fact that Elo was on him. And, I mean, think about the butterfly effect of, 
if Harper D's up Jordan, Jordan hits, you know, gets in the air but misses a shot, like two inches, how does that change everyone's life? Like, does Jordan ever break through again? You know, now the Cavs go on. I mean, it, it's just it's incredible, the butterfly effect. It's one little small coaching decision that you see in a documentary 30-some-odd years later. Exactly. And you weren't even born then, I don't think, were you? I'm an old man now. I'm 41. I've, I've uh, yeah. you know, it was a, it was a good run for me. It was a good run for me. My sons, you and you and my oldest son are the same age. No wonder why I treat you like a child. No, I'm just kidding. Man. No, hey, does he follow you on Twitter? Uh, I don't think he's on Twitter. He's smart. Uh, you see? He doesn't get involved in this crap. Peter, I have to be on Twitter. Peter follows me on Twitter. Does he, he follow he was Harry following Mays? me before he was? How are you following you? Harry Mays and not following me? It the was, first guy that ever put you on national radio, for God's sake. Yeah, but Harry's got better hair. Well, he does, yeah. He always wears hats, though. I don't understand it. Well, he's not having had a haircut in two and a half months. He's got an ESPN Originals hat on today. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I don't even have one of those. And I was an ESPN Original on radio. All right, let's get back to the draft now. I saw you, you know, all your SEC, because you do a great job. And there's no doubt that when you look at the SEC and you look at the power conferences, Ohio State, and there's no doubt, I said this last hour, that the fact that a lot of the smaller college kids did not get a chance to do their – their pro days, the scouts couldn't go and look at these, you know, mine the miners, so to speak, and go check out a lot of the players who are those diamonds in the rough. That's why we saw even more domination by the superpower conferences. No, I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. I had scouts tell me, Tony, that they're like, listen, we're going to go with the tape that we had, you know, where the scouts are really going to go and talk to these kids and bring them in for visits on the, you know, at Louisiana Tech or, you know, Florida International or something like that, is that, hey, we wanted this kid to come up. We don't, we don't see his game film. But, you know, when you get so many scouts that come to an SEC West game, right, like if it, let's say it's LSU, Alabama, it's littered with NFL talent, and so they have an opportunity to talk to those coaches, talk to the strength and conditioning coach when they go on campus, and see the tape, and it's good versus good. It's NFL draft pick versus future NFL draft pick. That's what the GMs were going to do. You knew that this draft was about playing it safe. That's why there wasn't as many trades this year because of the IT faction, and at the end of the day, all these scouts can justify their job because they can say, you know what, we saw this kid versus, well, we took a risk on a kid that we couldn't even get into our facilities during this pandemic. What's your take on, on Tua with the Dolphins? Do you think that's a, a good fit, and do you think he'll be a good pro quarterback? Freaking brilliant. I mean, again, I was surprised that the Dolphins didn't have to trade up to get him at, at three. I mm-hmm. thought that somebody like the Chargers would have to, to, to move up. I mean, listen, Tua, Tua is, is, is a damn gamer. And, you know, you look at the accident, you know, the hip injury, and I say accident because I liken it more to like a car freak injury deal than it was a traditional football injury. And the fact of when he got, um, you know, graded out that, hey, the physical was fine, it's perfect. And if I'm Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins, Tua doesn't play a, hardly a down this first year. I might play him a little bit of mop-up duty. I don't care what this year is. But the fact of the way that the roster opens up for the rest of the AFC East now, if you're Miami, you give Tua a little bit of time, make sure he's 100%, learn the game, don't rush him in. You, you got your franchise quarterback. There's a potential that that is the next Tom Brady, and I absolutely love that pick for the Miami Dolphins. All right, of course, the two most controversial picks involved the quarterbacks with the Eagles, first of all. That was in the second round, but the Packers in the first round. Now, are you as angry as everybody else to think that the, <clears throat> the Jalen Hurts can't play and it's a wasted pick for the Philadelphia Eagles that he's not really an NFL quarterback? 
Yeah, I'd be I, – well, listen, I no, I'd be angry if it was anybody other than Doug Peterson's offense. Like, if you put him in the Chiefs or you put him in, in Philly, where I think that Peterson is at least, as you know, Tony, is at least open-minded, will do different things, I'm, fi- I'm fine with it because you're going to get a kid uh, that's a hell of a competitor. He knows his role, and he's going to work hard. The problem is he's got to work through his progressions on that NFL on the on the NFL level, which he couldn't really do at Oklahoma. He really couldn't do at Alabama. But no, I'm I'm not I'm not upset about that. I honestly I was more upset about the Packers drafting Jordan Love and for everybody involved. Like if you're a Packers fan, you got screwed over. If you're Jordan Love, you got screwed over. Because now everyone's gonna say they absolutely hated the Packers draft. Hated it. Because Jordan Love. Like it's the greatest day in this kid's life. He's worked all his ass off all of his life. To get to this moment, and every time somebody says Jordan Love in the draft, they're like, oh, look, with the Packers screwed up that draft. I feel bad for actually Jordan Love. How can you feel bad for the guy? He could be the heir apparent. Yeah, what, five years? Hey, I will tell you this. I will put a bet on it right now that Jordan Love is nothing more than trade bait. I, I guarantee you Jordan Love will not throw more than 20 touchdown passes in his career. I mean, look at, look at the way the deal is. That's why I was so head-scratching is that if you land on a quarterback now with rookie deals, you're golden. You're minted, right? But if not, what are you going to do? You could at least wait in the old days until Brett Favre was gone, Aaron Rodgers, hey, listen, all right, now it's your turn, kid. But the way how friendly rookie contracts are, I swear I still think it's like a Garoppolo situation to where they got him, he'll learn a little bit, and then he'll be enough that people will say, all right, I need something. I, I need something different, and somebody will flip and trade for him. I guarantee you. Hey, Peter, what happened with Jake Fromm? Fromm got hosed by, by the offensive coordinator at, at Georgia last year, and it was almost unfair expectations. This is a kid that we thought would be in a first-round draft pick, the Georgia quarterback, and all-world. I was there at his first practice when Jacob Easton was the starter, mm-hmm. and this kid is an 18-year-old in Athens, Georgia, commanded the room. I mean, he is an absolute leader. The problem was – is that when Kirby Smart um, lost their old offensive coordinator, uh, Cheney went out to Tennessee. He just said, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to put the quarter. I'm going to put this coordinator in his position who had never called plays before, and it, it hosed him. And I think that's the reason why he had so much little success this year. And I think that's the reason why he fell down to the, the fifth round. Peter Burns, a man who, along with Andrew Siciliano and I, were dancing in Tampa at a Super Bowl window." From- to the wall. To the wall. All night long, you were, man. You were singing a little John? Oh, yeah, man. That's, when I, that's, how, I, that's how I groomed these young fellas, uh-huh. right? Yeah. I, I groomed him and Andrew Siciliano right. to be able to stay up all night well, oh, and party okay. but, like but it's Tony. 1999 and it was 2002, I think. Well, now, we were, we were going to Warren Moon's parties, but the only reason why, full disclosure here, the only reason why Tony took me underneath his wing is because at that point, I, I was inside the fraternity or sorority that was the Hooters International Swimsuit Bikini uh, uh, Pageant crew. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so for me, uh, I was able to pull, you know, like 20, 25 girls to all the parties. So I think that's why Tony at least took me underneath okay. his wing. Damn, now right. now it's all I'm stupid, man. Now it's all coming clear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, of course, he was on the ticket to, down there in San Antonio. But that was your first on-air real radio gig, right? Hey, yeah. After I won the B. Andrew Siciliano ding for uh, for a day, I went down out there. I hung out with you, Pat O'Brien, um, oh Siciliano. God. That's and trouble. Then after, after I went to rehab for about three years after that trip, um, got the job in San Antonio, then went to Denver, and then uh, and then now I'm working uh, for the worldwide leader in Sirius XM as well, man. No, I'm, I love seeing the guys that I, you know, 
remember when they were starting. Wanted to, he had the same passion. Yeah. See, I saw the passion in this right. guy. I said, this guy wants to do this. Are you in Charlotte? Is that where you're, you're out of? Yeah, 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 that's, yeah that's we're in Charlotte. Okay. So when, when SEC Network Studios moved out here in 2014, and it's funny because the ACC Network really wanted to be here in, in Charlotte, and I think the SEC had already planted their, you know, their flagpole here, and they're like, Nah, ACC, you guys can um, – yeah, we're, we're taking this, these studios over here. So uh, it's always interesting behind the scenes now how much, how much of a rivalry there is between conferences. And, again, the last couple of days the SEC was just flipping dominant. And I actually – last thing I'll leave with you guys because I know you all got to run. I'm actually worried for the rest of college football because now, you know, I don't know how many other these – like Pac-12, Big 12 schools – how are they going to ever compete again on the same level as the SEC? I just don't see it, guys. Hmm. Well, yeah, I know you're an SEC apologist, but you know, I lived in Alabama for a couple of years, so I covered the SEC back in the day, so there's no doubt. And, you know, the Pac-12, with all due respect, man, they still can't get it right out there. Now, that's a commissioner. That's, that's more, you know, I'd, be lo- I'd love to see if, if someone had replaced Larry Scott to get a fresh look at the Pac-12. Here's my prediction. It's sooner or later one thing's going to happen. Either the Pac-12 needs to go to the Big 12 and say we need to merge and create a, like a four-superpower conference deal and where it's Big 12 plus Pac-12, or the Big 12 just needs to say, you know what, to hell with this. Uh, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and someone else, we're stealing you. Uh, we're taking you away. And I think ultimately that will happen. I thought it was not going to be until 2025 because that's when the college football playoff will likely expand. But now with this pandemic and, you know, everything that's up in the air right now, especially with different budgets, it may happen sooner than that. Wow. Yeah, yeah but you got to give, like, a team like Oregon credit for scheduling an Auburn. You know, I mean, they did everything they could, you know, except win the game. No, and, and, and here's the deal. Even the fact that they lost that game and it was close, mm-hmm. as long as they would have, and I can't remember who they lost because it feels like it was eons ago. I can't remember it was not Utah, but they lost to someone late into the season, and they controlled their own fate at that point. So, right. you know, even if the loss to Auburn actually helped them because then they were able to say, all right, yeah, the Pac-12 was weak this year, but at least the strength of schedule was solid because they played a good solid SEC squad. And I think that's the good thing about the college football playoff is we're going to get a lot bigger you know, um, you know, big time like LSU, Texas, and, and big time rivalries mm-hmm. like that. When the college football playoff eventually expands, Peter Burns. Now I got to ask you this because I saw that the uh, the interim president at LSU today says that there's a uh, he, he now there's a dozen schools that have announced that they're absolutely planning in person classes this fall. This isn't for the athletes. This is for the the student regular body. student body, okay. right? And not sure. and the, some of the larger classes will still remain online. And a lot of people are talking about college football coming back. Some people are saying it's not going to be played until next year. You follow this very closely. This is your life. Do you think we'll see college football this fall? We will see college football this fall. And I say that with a caveat is I don't know if it starts in September, but I do believe now more so than ever, with especially the, the news that's come in the last couple of days with classes being scheduled and being coming up in the fall, I think it's more for like an October, like an early October. I think Tony will end up shifting the first month of the season back, and that way it still works with the NFL calendar. Because you guys know the NFL ain't changing. The NFL is going to change. their league. They're not going to change their league year or their draft or whatever. And so I do think we'll see football in the fall. The problem is, though, if it falls all the way back to, to January in the spring, you won't have guys like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields and the big draftable guys. They ain't playing spring football. I can tell you that right now. Hmm. 
mean, nobody playing spring, spring football. <laughs> Not the, uh, unfortunately, neither is the, uh, the, the now defunct spring oh, football league. The XFL, league. The, XFL yeah, yeah. the USFL, and the AAF, and all these other leagues. Man, nobody can compete with the NFL. And it's, it's unfair. It's unfortunate for the, you know, for the return of the XFL because I thought they were doing okay. And they just got wiped out by the coronavirus, that entire league. And it's sad because there were a lot of good players in there. But at least they're being absorbed into the NFL, many of them, including our Temple guys. I know you don't give the, uh, oh, yeah. the Northeastern schools credit, man. Temple hey, University. I, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think Temple had more players drafted in the last couple of years than Nebraska and Miami combined. Yeah. So seriously. Like, exactly. Don't sleep on the Alps, baby. Well, here, here's a nugget for you. In the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic FBS programs with multiple selections in five straight drafts, it's Temple, and that's it. Wow. That's pretty impressive. What, what is impre- it's almost as impressive when I used to play NCAA football on PlayStation, and I would pick the worst team, which was Temple, and I would take them to a dynasty national championship. <laughs> <laughs> you and Bruce Arians, so baby. He, he was Matt Rule before Matt Rule. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Peter, if I get down there to Charlotte and I got golf clubs, can you get us on Quail Hollow? You got that kind of pull? Yeah. I do have that pool. I didn't, I didn't want to brag about it, but it is a humble brag. You want to play Cole Hollow, we got that taken care of. See what happens, Harry? Anybody associated with me usually rises to the top, <laughs> and I'm still here schlepping in my wine cellar in South Philly. No, I'm really proud of you and happy for you, man. Thanks so much for coming hey, on, Peter. Let's do this more often, boys. Uh, Harry, keep him in, uh, in line, all right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. There he is, Thanks, Peter Pete. Burns, down there on the SEC yeah, Network at ESPN.